Oh, we really don't get much prep for these, do we? No. We kind of just go. It just happens. I just realized, yeah. No, I just got to... All right, cool. Yeah, yeah you just, what did you just realize? <laughs> no, I just realized we don't actually get to sit and chat much anymore. No. Not about stuff we want to chat about. I'm still waiting for our Monday catch-up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we used to do it like back in the day, like a little after 5 p.m. chat about yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah. We don't do it enough. Um, maybe it's because like work's going a bit too far. It is. Yeah. Um, but We've been having some lately. Yeah, some. Some post-6 yeah. p.m. chat. This is nice. This is this is kind of yeah, fresh. Yeah. Um, we should... Oh, yeah. Hi. Welcome to Director's Debrief. Episode 3. Ram's back. He's behind the camera. How's your training, buddy? Interesting. Interesting. Okay. He's there with his little smirk. Yeah. Every time we uh, answer a question. Can we address something about Ram? Yeah. I've realized, right, uh, because you pointed this out to me, that this next young generation gives zero appreciation for the capitalization of letters. Yes. Right? Agreed. And, like, he slacked me earlier just going, are you ready? Yeah. In, like, all caps. And then he went, oh, shit, no, sorry. And then, wait, was, I want to see your response. Oh, no, he did actually capitalize the first one. But, yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't generally. I, I think that's because, like, his keyboard or his phone automatically capitalizes things. Did you, wait, that second like, message, was it from your phone? Which one? The, uh, oops, yeah. sorry, caps lock was on. But you know what I've, I've realized, yeah. or I've heard from the Gen Zs? Yeah, yeah. They yeah. actually go onto the iPhone, they go onto the iPhone settings and they switch that off. Don't. Because it's like. What? You used to turn the settings off? Right, we're gonna have the next one. So like, they've lost. I don't know what they're gonna respect be, for like, the English language. Exactly what language <laughs> they're gonna be speaking in twenty years time. I don't want to know. Yeah. No. Do you know I, the next episode? Maybe we have Ram in like in frame here, and instead of him asking us questions, we ask him questions. Ah, you know, good. stuff like how dare you. All <laughs> 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 um, right. No, it's good to have you back, Ram. Yes. It really is. It means I don't have to watch the camera. I had to like keep my ears peeled for it. Cans cutting out on recording, so I, I am happy to have yeah. you back. No, it was a smooth time last week, other than like when the mic fell over. Yeah, yeah. was that? I can't, that was me, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, you were doing a lot. Of Didn't even let, let me off the hook. <laughs> Just that yeah. was a good day. <laughs> no, it was you, mate. You kicked mm. it. Um, cool. All right, let's get into the serious stuff. All right, let's let's get let's stuck right in. Ram. Boom. Boom got the questions for us uh we said we we're only going to do two so do you want to start off with question number o dos how did you first select your employees poorly next question <laughs> no, i'm kidding <laughs> off the street yeah <laughs> um, um you started this process i joined and i did some recruiting on my own but yeah how how did you select employees it, it's a difficult one really because I'll be, I'll be perfectly honest in the early days um you're very worried about even hiring someone. You're like, how am I going to afford someone? How am I going to give them enough work? You know, sure. it was like, given the whole story of how we started from like just just a couple of us, uh, you're a bit concerned about that. But we had our first, the first employee that I hired uh, officially, I remember her. Um, she was great. Um, and, and it was here with us for a long time before she moved to Australia. Um, I remember, yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. I got to meet her for a few years. Yeah. yeah. So really, she, she started from, like, we were her first job. Uh, we were one of her first jobs that she'd worked with. Um, and I remember when she came in, she was just very confident. And, like, I could see immediately that she could help me. Sure. Um, and kind of take on the task. And that was really all I was looking for. Like, just someone by next, sitting next to me. And she literally did sit next to me. Yeah. Just taking on some of the workload and kind of easing up. Um, what I was doing and that was all I asked for but she turned out to be an absolute gem uh, and maybe she's listening to this or not but I hope so yeah, I mean, we still have her on LinkedIn right so. if we put it on yeah, uh, we do we do we, we have her on it. a few things yeah but, yeah so it's good 
So um, that's how we, we used to really do it in the early days. There was no, there's no special formula. And certainly then you can't really be picky because you're not a company yeah, <laughs> yeah. really. And you know, it's not like you're looking for anyone, but you really are just looking for anyone who can, who can help you out or yeah. anyone who could help you out anywhere. Then we moved on, um, multiple different employees, and we started to look for certain things, certain aspects in, in staff. Um, and I don't know if you, you want to take over there of what, what do you look for when you... Um, You're hiring now. Well, actually, I want to follow up on sort of your point of as okay. how our mentality has changed because it changed pretty recently, right? Mm. Um, whereby we advertised for a job um, and we got such a broad range of people applying, people with five to six years worth of experience and people who had just graduated university. Right. Um, a majority of the people that we shortlisted were people who had many years of experience because that's what the industry tells you to do, mm. get people with experience. Um, and then uh, one one curveball, one person who had, hadn't even graduated yet, I don't think, at that, yeah. that point. Um, and lo and behold, that's the person we ended up hiring. Because yeah. we, and I think this is a very important question that businesses might need to ask themselves, is what, what are you expecting from this mm. employee? Are you expecting them to walk in and like, this is what you're missing. This is what you need to do. Sure. I think too many are expecting that. And that's why they go with experience. Yeah. And we shifted our mentality of, well, what do we need? And what and can we get that person there? Can we train yeah. them up in that department? And that's when, when you're in a niche industry like ours, mm. that's where the value came. We were like, all right, it might cost us three months of salary, but no return. Yeah. But in three months time, we're going to have the best candidate rather mm. than somebody who has sort of stuck in their old ways. You're completely spot on. I think mm. when we were doing that, because that, that was a big role that we were recruiting for, Huge, because yeah. it was the start of where we were going, not just for that role, but the whole area of the business that we were developing. And you're spot on in the terms, and certainly from my perspective, and I remember we were having discussions, just wanted someone, we wanted someone who would come in and just fix things up yeah. and instantly know exactly what to do where. And I think it only came as we started to interview candidates that we realized that because of the niche industry we're in, I mean, you try explaining our business model to, <laughs> to the average person that they wouldn't really make sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we couldn't just find someone who would come in and start doing exactly what we needed them do, to them to do. Mm. Um, so something we realized early on is, okay, we can't quite do that. Yeah. And what we need is flexibility and agility and someone who is just willing to learn the ways we go and then add their, their element to it. And I guess, yeah, recruiting the way we did worked out for us. Yeah. yeah. And I think um, now more than ever, but slowly it's grown in importance who we let through the doors, who we let join our company. Um, because we are reminded on a regular basis that we, we have something special. Yeah. I, I like to think that. Ram, what do you think of working on working here? Do you? Okay, cool. So he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I, 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 I think our team have expressed in numerous different ways that they're very happy here. They like working here. More importantly, they like working with each other. Mm. Um, and we take that incredibly seriously. Um, and we, you know, we get involved, yourself, me, um, should there be any issues, to make sure that it's it's a happy working team. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But yeah, that means we look for, for certain qualities. You know, we've talked about introducing a culture fit aspect of the interview, having mm them speak to members of the team because like we said we can pretty much train anybody to do anything yeah it's just about if they're going to be happy here because mm-hmm. um, people will do their best work when they're happy if you're looking for a return on investment that's it people yeah. do their best work when they're happy yeah i mean when we were recruiting certain certain people they were they were great on paper and they were great in personality yeah um but we did see early signs of how 
they would probably be great for a corporate company. Yeah, yeah. And your traditional corporate corporations that need that that experience, that um, that knowledge, and also that structure. Yeah. But for our type of business, our startup, I mean, we, you see the number of ideas with, you know, the way we're, we're going, um, you know, we're in different areas now, software included. Hmm. Um, we couldn't quite have someone who was stuck in their ways. No. Uh, and I mean that in the most respect because some companies need that. But for us, we needed that fresh um, kind of mold, moldability. I've heard you talk about something. I don't want to ask you about it. Mm. Uh, entrepreneurship mentality. Mm. You say you look for that. Uh, you wrote a LinkedIn uh, post yeah. about it. Um, and I'm just a little bit, uh, I'm, I'm curious what you sort of meant by that. And if you can elaborate on, is that what you look for when you interview somebody? Absolutely. I think so. Um, originally, I when we were first in this, I was like, oh, you just need a couple of entrepreneurs and then the rest of the team can just be a team that just support right. them. But when you are in the business and you see it growing, you realize that, um, and just before I, I, I'll pause there, okay. um, you realize something because you you look at entrepreneurship mentality and you're like, okay, this isn't just, oh, I know how to run a business. It's a mentality of creativeness and thinking outside the yes. box and whatever yes. you're doing. Um, and that may sound generic, but it's it's so true of, okay, you can be given a job and you can just follow that job. And you'd be like, this is what I'm doing. I'm following my SOPs and I'm going to stick to it. Yeah. But an entrepreneur, entrepreneurship mentality is not tearing that up straight away, but it's understanding that SOP. It's understanding the method and then thinking, right, this is the way I'm going to do it. I'm going to consult everyone and I'm going to think outside the box and really push this forward. And in our business in particular, we're in a, a very fast paced industry. Yeah. We need that culture, not just from the top down, not just from the top. Not just those, uh, you know, those directors making the decision on new business coming in, but down to the way our operations work, down to the way our data team work, our accounts, um, our brand managers, all of them need to think creatively in their own manner because they could be pushing our business in a certain area yeah. that we hadn't quite thought of before. You know, we could be going more into data. We could be going more into our fulfillment and our operations. And without that creative and uh, kind of out of the box out of the box team it's, it's difficult to really push those areas I, yeah. I think it's more important in the back end than it is on the front end mm. and I say that because I've worked in retail and I've worked at a couple companies where if you look at their website or if you look at their just anything really from an outsider it's flawless it looks beautiful pristine well polished um, and I'll, I, I'll use this as an example I worked for a company that got acquired by another company yeah. and instead of introduce all the parent company systems into this thing and the pricing and all of that mm. none of it was ever migrated sure and so the way you would get the same pricing as what it should be it's not a discounted pricing but you'd manually input a discount every single time okay and that would cost people's times efforts mm. they could spend more time with customers and so yeah just to add to your point i think it's whoever and it's more important in a young business than any business this problem persists but like seeing people who have to do like a manual task, finding a way to automate it. Yeah. We talked about making yourself redundant in, in the previous episode, mm. but that's kind of it. It's like, if you can, if we give you a boring and mundane task or something like that, and you just do that, you're technically doing a good job. There's no yeah. problem with that. But if you find a way to automate it and go, hey, what's next? Oh God, yeah, let's move you up to the mm. next level. You that's know? right. And that's, that's the mentality you've got to have. And I mean, you spoke about a small business compared to a large business, but... Mm. One of the great stories I've heard is um, the Amazon Prime story. 
So the okay. way the Amazon Prime, uh, your next day delivery, the things that we all love and and take for granted now, that whole um, subscription model of Prime was actually a thought by a average warehouse manager. Cool. In an, an Amazon FC in America. Yeah. And apparently it was just put through some kind of suggestion box. That's what the, the whole um, story is behind it. Yeah. And it was just put through that someone said, oh, I'd love unlimited free delivery. And at the time, especially before Prime became this thing that was so common or ASOS premium delivery, that was really out there. It was like, yeah. well, how are we going to afford that? How yeah, can yeah. We, we incorporate that? And it turns out that that idea went on to be one of the biggest things in e-commerce. Yeah. So, you know, it's really amazing to think how far that, that mentality can go. It's not, you're not just doing it for show. You're not telling, I didn't just write that LinkedIn post just to look good to everyone no, else. No, like, yeah. oh yeah, look at him. He wants <laughs> many entrepreneurs in his company. Yeah. You know, it's like, Genuinely, you want people that are entrepreneurs and who knows, maybe they will go on to start their own business in the future or maybe they'll go on to support another business in the future or stay with us and continue to grow what we've got here. But it's just amazing to feed that mentality through because I think that's not something you're just born with, you develop Mm. and anyone can really develop that that mentality. Sure. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you something because it's a bit of it was a trending topic a while back but i'm old and i forget things mm. um do you think everybody was born to be an entrepreneur Ooh. Yeah. yeah everybody can be i love that you said that 100 mm. percent. anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur can be there's nothing yeah. inherently stopping you from doing it but is can uh, you know is everybody born to be an entrepreneur i think Entrepreneurship, the way that we see it in the world, um, in the way we see our glorified, like, oh, this startup and that, mm. it's not for everyone. No. I'll say that straight. Uh, mainly because people have different priorities. You know, people may have that they may be with a family. You know, that's their priority in that moment. Mm. Uh, their partner, their sports, different things are their priority in that moment. And unfortunately, running a business, um, you know, some of these large, very large businesses, it takes up so much energy, time, mm. and brain power. Uh, and you've really got to dedicate a lot. So it's not their priority. On the same token, what is entrepreneurship? You know, mm. it doesn't have to be a fancy startup company. It could be as small as just doing a side hustle. Yeah. Um, again, you know, it could be that when it comes to charity work or community work, you could be adding that entrepreneurial spark to turn into a bit of a social enterprise, you sure. know, something that can be self-sufficient. Really, it's just a bit of magic dust that you could <laughs> add to different things, be it a large yeah. business or a very small idea. And in that sense, I really think anyone could, and I think most people should. Yeah. In that respect, what do you think? Um, I th- I had a very traditional mindset of uh, entrepreneur until you just enlightened me in that very second. But I, I did think um, of the <clears throat> the person trying to set up a bigger company. You know, somebody who starts small and builds and, and, and grows to something bigger. And I genuinely think that everybody is told. That, that this could be you. Hmm. And that is true. There's nothing factually incorrect about that. But I also think that people then lead on to think about, oh, well, then it should be me. Yeah. Um, and I can just see that if I think about the people in my life, I can just see that being a, a very direct path to misery. Mm. Um, because like you say, they have other priorities. Yeah. Um, they love spending time with their families, their friends and all of that stuff. And even if it doesn't take up your time, you're right. It takes up your mental capacity, your energy, because so many more things are your responsibility than if you had a job. Yeah. That job might be much harder and it might be a lot more intensive but there are certain responsibilities that no longer lie with you Mm. you're not the one concerned if everybody gets paid next month you're not the one concerned with bills getting paid and whether there's a better way of doing this and Mm. like 
Um, but again, all of those things that I just said are worries to some people, they're exciting. They're like, I want to work on that. I want to yeah. do that. That's where I think is, it's, those are the people who want to be entrepreneurs. Mm. Um, but I think there is a, a unhealthy thing of making it so desirable that people think they should be doing it. Sure. Um, to the point where, yeah. You're right. Yeah. We have, um, we have glamorized entrepreneurship. Yeah. You know, we see these tech entrepreneurs and this, like the billionaires out there and, Often people think, yeah, that's what I want, so I'm just going to get there. Yeah. And that's great. You know, you have to have a goal or a mindset. Probably try and take away the monetary expectation from that. Sure. Because, yeah, that's just not healthy. Um, but it's great to have some kind of goal. Yeah, maybe I do want to run my own tech company at one point. Of course yeah. you need that. Everyone needs that. I have had that from day one. Yeah. Um, but on the same token, we there's a difference between setting a goal mm. and continuously just thinking about that and forgetting your where you are at the moment and your present. Yeah. And what I see time and time again with entrepreneurs or people that I speak to messaging me, they're like, hey, Ash, I want to start a business. And it's great. It's a great point um, and a starting point. But they're already thinking about where they're going to be, Yeah. which, again, great to have a goal. But they're forgetting how they're going to, you know, what, what path they're going to go down to get there. And that's fine. Then you're not meant to know the exact path that you go down. It changes all the time. Sure. But the issue here is, they forget to realize that dots connect to get to where they want to be. Yeah. And they get caught up in the little things that aren't going their way, which everyone knows entrepreneurship is tough. You know, you want to eat some shit for a bit and do yeah. all of that. But they lose hope. And I'll need to clarify my thoughts and maybe we can talk about this in another episode sure. on this bit. But it's, it's a really interesting thing I'm seeing of like, you've got to kind of believe that the dots will connect together and yeah, things will yeah. work out. You know, the little thing, pick up the phone, speaking to different people networking out there and I use networking lightly because I hate that term but true but yeah, it's huge it's huge right yeah you know speaking to people giving them your free time like if you got a bit of an evening talk to more people um find out new areas learn but people are often again thinking about that and they're like oh but I'm not running this company yet so I'm not going to make it but they don't realize all those little things that they're doing are leading up to where they're going to be and uh whilst entrepreneurship became the cool thing in the last couple of years which I absolutely love I even put again a LinkedIn post about that sure yeah I am seeing that this was a negative impact where we had too many people just thinking of where they were or where they wanted to be and getting upset that they weren't there yet yeah I think you raised two very interesting points that I want to go into mm. firstly is the dots sometimes it doesn't even have to be a big goal that the dots lead to sometimes you find on along the first second and third dot yeah you start to find the bigger picture um, and I want to quickly mention um, the wandering bee mm. um, which is a candle company some friends of mine from university yeah. set up um, and we work in e-commerce we don't work in the industry so it wasn't like a, a sales pitch to them but mm -hmm. it was just like hey a couple of things on your Shopify site that I think you can improve yeah and I've been working with them for a couple of weeks now um, and I, I I love working with them. Mm. Uh, I didn't have any monetary expectation. I didn't have anything like that. But it's made me think like, I'd love to do like consulting for startups. Sure. Absolutely would love to do that. It was never on my mind mm -hmm. uh, in the beginning. It's something you brought to my attention. That's just something I wanted to quickly um, mention. It's, it's and an amazing thing. And it's, you were only able to kind of um, grow those thoughts and realize your, what you, the potential you had because yeah. you took the opportunity to speak to them and give them that, you know, that free advice and that free... Yeah, and it's sharpened me up yeah. for, for like client work. And oddly enough, I've started doing it for potential clients, like yeah. auditing their sites and yeah. stuff. I'm about to submit something for somebody we're about to work with yeah. um, to Ollie so he can present it along with, uh, with the rest of the pitch deck. Hmm. The second thing that you touched on was monetary goals. And 
I want to know your thoughts about this, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think the ambition to run a small to medium-sized business is a bit dead? Do you think people are too blinded by, like, I want to be the next Jeff Bezos to the point where they never start because they might just end up, you know, working a, a company that turns over 50K, 100K? Yeah, yeah, completely. I think about this a lot, and I was just curious yeah, where yeah. your head's at. Like, I know, it's, it's a great point. So the thing is, entrepreneurship seems attractive to everyone. You know, yeah. they're like, it's a life I can't live. I'm out of my nine to five. It's great. But if you really think about it, let's take a business at this, this um, kind of scale, right? Yeah. And I'm, I'm going from this side for those on the camera. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the lovely cream here. We're talking the J Jeff Bezos kind of cream here. And then down to like even the, the millionaires and all of that area here. Yeah. But when you really think about business, that is like the 1% of business. Sure, yeah. yeah. The 1% of entrepreneurs get to that level. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. The small to medium sized ones don't seem that attractive because when you really go down to the calculations of it and you're like, my time, my effort, I'm putting in 60 to 80 hour weeks, um, certainly at the start, and you're spending your weekends there and things like that. You're actually on less than minimum wage for a long time. You <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah. And I, not, not, you know, far, far less, actually. You're, you're actually not making that much because you've got to pay your staff. You've got to scale. Yeah. You know, you often see me doing a thing and you're, I'm like, yeah, but we've got to do this and then we can do the next thing. We've got to reinvest everything yeah, we're yeah. making into this to go to the next thing. And that's, unfortunately, that means you are sacrificing your profitability or your monetary gain in the short term. Yeah. Um, so if we really take this 99% of stuff, if you break it down into individual calculations, it's not attractive at all. Yeah. You know, any job out there pretty much would be more attractive than what you get in monetary gain here. But the thing, the thing that people miss out on is, and I'm not there yet in terms of like understanding if it will happen or not, but I have this true belief. If we are just thinking from a monetary point of view, which we know isn't our only goal, but from a monetary point of view that if the real successful 1% are those that just hung in there a little bit longer and they, they were hanging in there a little bit longer yeah. than everyone else. And it's exponential in terms of Jeff, Jeff Bezos went from, yeah, absolutely nothing Amazon not being a profitable business at all to being at the top but there are so many multi-millionaires millionaires even very other wealthy people out there that you know kept going and they were able to see things scale um, from that point so yeah that's really I hope I hope that's kind yeah, of yeah, yeah absolutely um, I was also more thinking along the lines of um, you know how they say uh, perfection is the biggest enemy of great yeah. and that people want something to be perfect so bad that they never start mm. or that they're too afraid to start and I always wondered, like, the freelance photographer um, who bills, I don't know, 50K a year, expenses uh, like 20K, sure. but they're doing what they loved. But just because another job offers 31K rather than the 30K they'd get from being a photographer or cinematographer or yeah. what, baker, whatever it might be, because they think, uh, I'll never be the next... Uh, Gales, which mm. is a bakery. That, I don't know why I chose Gales. I just didn't want to say Greg's, but <laughs> which is a bakery that you know turns over a, a healthy amount of money. Or you know, you could open up like an independent shop um, and do all those things. When you think oh, I'll never make it to that size, you might never do that. But in actual fact, that prospect might be quite appealing. Mm. Um, and like you say, it's uh, exponential. But I would also argue the more, the the nicer part of it is unlimited. Mm. Show me any start of any career, and I'll tell you where the salary cap is. Sure. Right. Whereas the input, the output is directly related to your input when it comes to a business. Mm -hmm. You can work twice as hard, maybe not earn twice the salary, but you will earn more and more money. Yeah. Um, whereas, yeah, 
it's it's very different in a job. And mm. again, that's not to make one sound more appealing than the other, because like we just said, structure also can be very appealing to some people because it allows them to plan their time, plan their future. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are two very different things. That do you um do you think the penny dropped for you at some point where you realised there was this shift? Because I'm I'm not sure. We've never actually spoken. Did you yeah. always want to run or be part of a company at the top or? I always wanted to run a company, Mm -hmm. not for financial reasons, um, just because I was never really happy in a job. Mm. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I've always liked the idea of working on multiple different things, having, and we did discuss this at length once, but having an actual impact on how things are done. I like working on systems rather than working on things, Mm. processes and stuff like that. Um, From a monetary aspect, um, I think it's Robert Kiyosaki that says this, but a job is a very temporary solution to a very permanent problem, right? You'll always need money, but a job is just very temporary. You work until your body allows you to work. Right. Um, and so I think it, I don't think a job should be a primary source of income mm-hmm. uh, or like an only source of income. I don't have my other assets as he calls them in his book, but yeah. I'm, I'm working towards them. So the, the money aspect of things, I've always had the mentality of, like it's not a one in one out kind of or one in fifty out because life is expensive. Yeah, one in fifty out kind of a situation. It would be nice to have this as as big as possible, but yeah, look for other things. If if money is your goal, yeah, look for other things rather than just a job. Yeah. And that's why I've always like you know set up like small side businesses that sometimes fail, sometimes don't. Mm. Um, ah, yeah. yeah. So no, okay. Without trying to get too. Deep because I know Ram's got another question he does, in, in yeah, his back we're, pocket, we're, but we'll see if we get to that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been, I've been, well, I do a lot of thinking randomly here and there, and I start to think about like, what are we doing here? But I'm trying to not get too deep where it's yeah. like, what is our purpose, all yeah. that, but what yeah, are we doing life. here? Like, what, what's our goal? Why will we tune to say that, okay, you need to keep, keep earning until, until you go? You've often said that you've now got a, quite a healthy relationship with money in the yes. sense of the way you treat it. Could you? Go into a bit more of that and what, what you mean by that. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, I used to live in London um, and I used to spend more than I make uh, mm. because I think that's how it starts off for everybody in London. Yeah. You can work hard and you can, you can shift that equilibrium in your favor. Um, but the fact of the matter is I was spending more than, and I wasn't like living a lavish lifestyle and mm. wear fancy designer clothes. I didn't do all of those things. Um, I just ended up spending more because living there was so expensive and my job wasn't paying me. It was paying me pretty decently, but it wasn't yeah. paying me that much. Um, and so my overall net worth, net worth mm. so to speak, was just generally trickling down. Yeah. And I hated that. But I also hated that um, I was, you know, my parents made a lot of sacrifices to get me to this stage. Sure. And I hated that they'd put themselves through all of that for me to be accruing debt. I really hated that. Um but now I've, you know, I, I live in the Midlands, which is, you know, a lot cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I feel like as long as certain things are heading in the right direction, I'm happy. Mm. Uh, I used to feel guilty about every lunch out I ate because I'm like, that should be going into a savings account. Mm. And that's what I think I had an unhealthy uh, relationship with money. It's the whole thing of save, a, stop having a coffee. Make your yeah, coffee right. You know, a house is only a hundred lattes away. Yeah. Fuck off to the people who <laughs> say that. Um, but... Yeah, it was that. It, it, it was a bit of a burden on me. But now, um, a huge credit to my sister for this. We sat down and it was like, I'm going to admit fully how bad I am with money to you. Mm. Um, 
And I showed her, I showed her everything that I spent money on. And I was like, please help me. You're good at this. Please teach me. Yeah. And that was the best thing I've ever done. Yeah. She looked at it and she was just like, I mean, sure, you're an idiot, but like, <laughs> it's not terrible. Um, do we? Okay, do you want to stop and start? Yeah, so she, she was like, you're an idiot, but th it's not terrible. Yeah. It, could, it could be a lot worse. Mm -hmm. um, but what she mainly taught me, and uh, I, I will teach you to be rich by, um, insert title here, Ram, I'll send you the author. Um, his book is fantastic in that he says, just automate everything. So now I have an automatic direct debit to like a, a savings account. Yeah. I, thanks to you, although I know you don't like to take credit, I bought some Bitcoin. <laughs> um, and I'm looking at... Which, by the way, is not investment advice. It's not yeah. investment advice in the slightest, yeah. but we will spend a whole episode talking about <laughs> it. Um, but as long as those things are going in that direction, suddenly spending money on a latte is not a problem. Mm. It was the fact that I was spending money and not doing anything there because I'm like, I'll get to it later, I'll get to it later, or whatever. Yeah. And that's what I mean by a healthy relationship. I allow myself to have fun now, because I am doing the other stuff. And it's automatic. I would never actually do it if I did it manually. If I had to make a manual payment into a savings account every month, I'd never do it. Yeah. I'd say I'd do it next month, next month, next month. Um, and that's my relationship with money. Yeah. I'm very curious, sorry Ram, I know you've got another question. I'm very curious about what your relationship with money is. Yeah, I mean, just, just, uh, just before I get into that, it's yeah. really nice what you just said there, because you're almost, when it's automatic, you're almost paying yourself in the future. Like mm. you're putting that couple hundred pound or whatever, you know, um, different savings account, all of that, you're putting it into the future and you're allowing it to grow as well. Um, and it's a really nice kind of outlook on um, on saving. Yeah. That I think a lot of people are forgetting in the world and it, it for, for good reason as well. I mean, my outlook on money is always changing. Um, okay. and it's evolving, but I've always, I mean, even since I was a kid, always been and you, you speak to my parents i've been like an avid saver really okay like yeah just like i you know i'll try and hold back or i'll try and keep keep as much and they, they would often laugh at me you know like gosh you know buy buy that cd or buy that cd i'll, I'll tell you what a yeah. cd is later on please do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i thought you meant what cd <laughs> um yeah i won't say that <laughs> no, okay um but yeah you know, little things like that i was i was always very conscious about what started to bother me was that we weren't being rewarded for our saving. And I'll, I'll hold back how far I'll get with this. Okay, but, cool. Because yeah. I have a bit of a rant about this yeah, too. But, go but on. like, you're not getting rewarded for saving. You no. know, you, I was thinking in a savings account. I remember I was like 14, right? And I was going to my uh, building society that mm. I left because like, that was terrible. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this was straight after the, um, you know, it was around the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I pictured like someone come like not because fourteen right someone's knocking yeah. on your door like Ash do you want to come out and play and you're like suiting up yeah and he's like sorry I have a meeting with my society <laughs> and they weren't taking me no they were taking me seriously yeah. uh, I'd give my birthday money in there put all yeah. of that stuff um, gathered a decent amount for a kid yeah. um, and I'd go to this building society this was 2009 so I was fourteen there yeah. and I remember this specifically because I went into this building society. Again, I don't want to get too economical, but I, these interest rates are all-time lows. Yeah. And I remember going in, I had my, my money in the account, and it was on a stamp book. Yeah. And um, they were like, oh, if you tie it in for three years, we'll give you something like 1.5%. Mm. And at 14, even at 14, um, I was like, I was fuming. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? I'm not tying it up for three years. You know, I'm going to be almost ready to drive. By then. I, you know, I need to afford a car, like all of this stuff. I'm not tying my money in. Yeah. And it got me really angry about how our world today doesn't incentivize people to save. Yeah. You know, you have to almost work for 
say keeping your money safe. Um, and I'll say say this again, but I just feel like I feel like um, in the world we live in today, you have to work twice for the money you earn. Yeah. Once when you put the hours in to earn the money, and the second time to preserve the value of your money. You know, like you say, you've got to put it in a savings account, but one that actually gives you more than inflation and stuff. And that's kind of it's not my opinion on money. Mm. I, I don't think I quite answered the question you're going for, but I this is the way I look at things that you know. No, it's very uh, interesting. I so I, I wanted to make a point about savings because I'm very mm-hmm. pr- uh, anti-saving. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very pro-saving with a purpose. Yep. So I'm personally I'm saving to buy a house, hopefully, mm-hmm. um, and I have plans of when I'll reach that stage. Yeah. Um, but that's the only reason I'm saving. When I was younger, I saved to buy a go kart or to mm-hmm. buy a camera or whatever it was. I only like to save with intention because at some point it might have even been you um, that told me this of just like uh, inflation will harm like will reduce the value more than the interest will raise the value so yep. by default you're you're at a net loss yep. in a couple of years which is just terrible but like with big picture thinking you're like i can't i can't do that mm. um thing is though i'm, I'm not gonna like because to some extent investing is gambling mm. um and so i can't invest until the point I, some money gets invested sure yeah um, but i can't invest until i'm ready to buy a house i'm just gonna save so i can buy a house yeah um but yeah i i would far more i would far more recommend investing than uh, saving or yeah. saving with a I, I completely agree and it's so easy to say it when you're not actually doing it yourself or you're not um act, actively contributing and talking about someone else um but it's hard you know there's a risk preference everyone's got their own risk preference yeah. and and tolerance on what they're they're ready to do so you've got to find that healthy medium between obviously keeping money and savings mm. all the way down to what you're willing to put into probably higher risk categories yeah um all i'd say on that part is and unfortunately again i have a lot that i love about this world but there's a lot that needs to be fixed up is the fact that you know you, you're saving for a house and your interest is giving you one percent two percent whatever it's giving you max but house prices are going up by what, 15%, 20% in some cases, certainly through the pandemic. So suddenly what you're able to buy, let's say you could buy like a room in a house with the money you have now. Yeah. Like <laughs> You could buy a house, right? Let's say a house, yeah? Sure. Um, but let's say you just want to buy a room in that house. Buy in a couple of years because of compounding um, growth rates, you'll only be able to buy a quarter of that room. Yeah, yeah. Or I think with the same money that you had. So yes, you're keeping it in a less risky thing by keeping it in cash, but your your spending power from that money has gone down immensely. And yeah. this is the bit that gets, gets me, that you put that hard-earned effort, that's been your time, into mm. that money, and then it's slowly depleting and all that hard-earned uh, cash is just being taken away from you. And it's an indirect tax, but again, I could talk about this for, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for hours. So yeah, on that side. But anyway, if I just quickly delve into the question you gave me initially, which is what's my opinion on money sure. as a whole, I have changed. Well, I've evolved my mentality that uh, over time that money. I, I went through this phase of like, oh, I don't need money. You know, money is evil. All of that stuff. Yeah. To actually, money gives you opportunity um, to make change, but it also gives you power in, in the world. And I don't mean power like oh, I'm going to change. Like, no. You know, destroy the world <laughs> or whatever. I mean like the opportunity to do things and make real change, uh, and it opens doors. Um, there's a, you've got to have that healthy balance. You know, it's not about having a lavish lifestyle necessarily, unless you, you're into that. But the idea of creating wealth and making sure that you're set up for life is uh, is really important. 
um, to having a happier life and opening opening yourself up to more opportunity. No, I love what you said there, and I realised, Ram, don't worry, we're going to skip the last question. We'll answer that in the next episode because I realise it's been 35 minutes and Ram's looking at me like, you know I've got to edit this, right? So uh, we'll uh, we'll skip that question and we'll move on. Uh, I had something to say about that in that, yes, I agree, I 100% agree, but... um, yeah, I, I think the I think money has the power to do so much more than people think mm. that 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 it can. Like, I think the default is like if I have more money, I can have a nicer house, nicer car, nicer things. I'm not saying everybody's like that, mm. but if you just spend 20 minutes on social media, you realize the majority of people are like that. Yeah, what the things I've taught, I've spoken to you about, and heard from you has really sort of opened my eyes to the bigger opportunity with money. Um, and you talk about like bigger power and influence. Some of the things you talk about are about improving the community that you grew up in. Mm. You know, you talk about bringing over a particular brand of, um, I'm just going to say brand, yeah. into Leicester mm. to hopefully attract more young people here because you believe in, in this city. You really like this city. Yeah. Um, and that, I'm like, I think if more people realize the opportunity with money, because people always say like money doesn't buy you happiness. Mm. Sure. But that, that's got to, if, if you contribute something positive to your community. It's got to bring some level of fulfillment, right? Yeah. And and that's true. And exactly. And money doesn't bring you happiness, right? Mm. But there are things that do bring you happiness in the world. Mm. And money can sometimes, in some cases, be the way to get towards that happiness. You know, mm. like you say, um, doing a project that you've always believed in, but you've never had the, the opportunity or the infrastructure to, to do. Yeah, I'm very, very much into that. And I think you've got to have a bigger picture because mm. if you're just chasing that new car, that new house, um, house you can put into its own category because you may think of your family and things like that sure. but certainly nice things are nice to watch all of that stuff you often yeah and this you often put so much expectation and hope that that will make you happy right. you know that you'll get there and then you get there and it doesn't feel that great <laughs> and then you just set yourself up for more misery until you pick a new, pick a new target that you're aiming for and you will be unhappy until you get there yeah. um, and it's never ending you know you're on that the classic thing that everyone says of a hamster wheel that's yeah. never ending it's yeah. genuinely one of like a huge fear of mine in that because most of my goals sort of revolved around things like that. Like I drive a fucked up old Astra at the moment. Mm. And it's never my ambition to drive that car forever. I'm thankfully in a position where I could like start looking at some nicer cars. I shouldn't. It's a bad financial move. But I'm like, in the long term, I've then started to think about like dream cars. Oh, I, I love to window shop on Auto Trader. Yeah. It's, it's genuinely like a hobby of mine. And I do look at these cars and I look at the price tag. Like, let's say some of the cars that are very appealing to me is like a 3 Series. Mm. BMW 3 Series, and Mercedes C, uh, not really C-Class, but let's say the 3 Series. And of a re- I think what a, a modest like model year is 2015, 2016, mm. not to the point where you buy brand new and lose a lot of money. Sure. Um, that'll cost about 20 to 21,000 mm. pounds. And the thing that's been really scary to me, even though I've never had it, and I've never parted ways with so much money for something so nice, mm. is, that lingering what if, yeah. like, what if it doesn't bring me 21,000 pounds worth of happiness? <laughs> yeah. Because then it's just a mathematical thing of like, I'm not getting the return on my 20,000 pounds. Yeah. I'm not getting 20,000 pounds worth of happiness. I, I don't think you could ever do that with anything, to be honest. You can no. never expect that same level of happiness because what is 21,000 pounds worth of happiness? Mm. Um, I guarantee you, knowing you and loving cars, yeah. that one day, whenever you get that, that, that car that you like, you will thoroughly enjoy it. Sure. Um, that's like I have no no doubt in that it, no doubt in my mind that that will happen um, but it's that continuous chase that's the part that people forget you know like once you've got that 
three series or whatever you have, you're yeah. already looking at the next one, and you're <laughs> yeah. looking. That's that's the bit that you've got to almost be be wary of. So it's not a bad trait to want nice things. Yeah, but you've got to appreciate what you do have then eventually, um, rather than continue to chase. Do what you want with your money. At the end of the day, it's everyone's money. They can do what they want, but it won't guarantee that that level of happiness going through. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's just something I've I've been thinking about a lot in that like. Yeah, like mm. I, I, I of course want. I really like nice things. Yeah. The way I talk about money almost makes it seem like I, I don't want money or I don't care about money. Mm. When in actual fact, I absolutely do. <laughs> and I yeah. do care about all of these nice things. Yeah. I've just really been thinking like deeper into it of like, uh, yeah, like you say, and then what? Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. Can you imagine what am I going to do for the rest of my life <laughs> if I if I go and buy the car I really like in in two weeks time and get that house like what else i get so and without without trying to make everyone turn into a philosopher Mm. the my my opinion on things is just to have some kind of purpose of what you're really aiming for and it can change you know sure like you say i want to change turn the midlands into a really nice hub or a community you know really cool stuff here you know becomes the next london who knows but i mean that's not my goal forever you know maybe i'll move on to something else and that but i feel those kinds of um those kinds of um, ambitions lead to much, much better happiness and fulfillment. Yeah. Well, man, I've thoroughly enjoyed this chat. We are Absolutely. coming up to 41 minutes. <laughs> Episode three. This Episode one, um, three. This one will be when we go live on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all of everywhere. We're going everywhere. 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 First three episodes going live everywhere, then released weekly. It's provided um, we we actually make the time, because <laughs> yes. this is being shot one day late. Yeah. Um, so we will make the time. I think, we will. For that yeah, that was Russia. that was that was my fault this week, but was, it was needed. Oh, we were both in it at that yeah, meeting. That's fine. That's fine. But no, thanks, Ram. Thank you, Ram. It's good to have you back. Um, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Like, subscribe, follow through whatever the uh, mediums allow you to. We love you, and we'll see you in the next episode. Take it easy.